Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Boom, we're on. Today's guest, we've got Scottish boxer doing? Josh Taylor. How, How are, right? are you, brother? Yeah, all good, all good, mate. Yeah, excited to be on your show. I've been watching to, your yeah. uh, podcast and doing well, so I've been wanting to come on for a while and we've been trying to get it done for a while, so it's yeah. good to finally get on. It's good for you to be here, mate. You're f- absolutely flying, undefeated. They've now got you in the top 10 best pound for pound fighter in the world, mm. which is unbelievable, mate. You've beat some high class names now. Now you're going levels. You've um, had a great career so far and you're still young, still fit, still healthy. I can't wait to see what your, the future brings for you, man. I'm, I'm excited myself, you know, it's uh, even then where you say top 10 best pound for pound in the world, it's just that it doesn't feel kind of real at the minute, mm. do you know what I mean? It's uh, some great achievement and then it's it's crazy, like, you know, I'm not really in the sport for all that big recognition, I'm just going to be the best that I can be, you know, I'm just yeah. wee Josh for Preston Pans, I've not changed much at all, you know. Mm. So, aye, it's crazy, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hungry for more. You know, I've no I'm not finished yet. I'm no um, I'm not, I've still got a lot of proving myself to do. I think yeah. I don't think I've reached my full potential yet. So, unified just now, unified champion, yeah. Um, IBF, WBA, Ring Magazine, mm-hmm. uh, Muhammad Ali Trophy as well. You know, it's uh, I've got some titles to my name already. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm proud of myself. So you should far. be man. Every boxer I've had on speaks very highly of you. They used basically saying you're the future of British boxing for what mm. you're going to go and what you're, you can achieve. is It's good, man, to have somebody Scottish as well that's at the forefront and people are calling out their name this time. And there's not been many in the last few years. Scottish had Ricky Burns in that. Yeah. Um, who was freeweight world champion. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's brilliant as well. Ricky, Ricky's what a fighter he is as well. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The freeweight world champion, I think it's the only person in Scotland to do it. It's a... Uh, it's brilliant. So as a wee nation, mm. we're doing all right for ourselves as, uh, in the boxing world. You know, mm-hmm. we've had we've done well for ourselves uh, for ourselves in the boxing world. So yeah. I, we're we're a good wee fighting nation. Good man. I always go back to the start for my guest brother. Where you grew up and how it all began. Aye. Uh, so I am from uh, a wee a wee mining and fishing village. Uh, 
about 15, 15, 20 miles outside Edinburgh, east of Edinburgh, called Preston Pans. It's uh, a lovely wee place to grow up. It was, you know, it was a, uh, there wasn't much to do. There wasn't much to do at all. I mean, there's no any, there's no any sports centres in the place, you know, no swimming pools, you know, although they've got the Furphy Forth, the river, mm-hmm. we used to go, go jumping in as a kid, you know, so I had a great upbringing, you know, it was a, uh, always with my pals, you know, whatever was on the telly, we were out cycling the bikes or, you know, way up the woods, stealing golf balls or stealing golf carts and, you know, just boys mm-hmm. being boys, you know, it was a, uh, I had a good upbringing, you know, um, a nice wee place, pressing pans. It was always we were always out and about. So I, it was good. How's your parents and stuff? I had a great upbringing. You know, my parents. Uh, um, I I owe a lot to them. You know, I owe, I owe everything to my parents. You know, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, because they they backed and uh, sort of they sort of backed every decision I made to do. So um, everything I do, I owe, I owe to my parents. So yeah, it's good. I. How did you go on at school, Josh? I was good at school, you know, I was, uh, I wasn't much for the classes and, you know, it was mm. kind of, uh, school for me, uh, I was just a laugh, you know, I went to, I went to all the classes and done the classes and done well and come away with a couple of normal sort of grades, but I, I never really stuck in at school, you know, it was just, uh, it was, school was a great kind of laugh for me, well, my pals and mm. brilliant and uh, just messing around, you know, just going out all the time with my pals and having a good laugh, really, yeah. so, aye, uh, it was good. So you weren't a nuisance, a pain in the ass, just... Just wasn't that a pain in the arse, but kid. everybody like we grown up in pressed pans. We we know having much to do. It was quite a I wouldn't say a rough area, but it was tough. Do you know what I mean? Because there wasn't much to do, you had to really st- stick up for yourself. You if you couldn't stick up for yourself, you got picked on, or if you didn't stand up for yourself, you got picked on. So I always found myself in fights growing up. I think I think partly ninety percent of that was because I was small. I was very small, and. Uh, as my dad says, I had a bad temper. I've got the breaking strain of a Kit Kat. So <laughs> uh, I used to, I used to just lose my temper, and because mm-hmm. I was so small as well, you know, I used to always find myself in fights growing up. Um, nothing malicious, but just, just always fighting. Like growing up, for I can remember when I was about five, six year old, you know. So yeah, everywhere I went, I was just always in fights at school, and you know, I was just there. Uh, Stucking up for myself. I never mm. had any big brothers or big cousins to, you know, say, oh, I'll get my big brother to you and all that. You know, it was always, it was just myself, yeah. one man army. So I, I found myself in a, a lot of fights growing up. Um, and I think that's, you know. Why you became a why, boxer. Why I became world, <laughs> why I became world champion, yeah. yeah. Um, started off actually very early age with Taekwondo um, from the age of five. Um yeah, for the age of five, yeah. For the age of five, started doing Taekwondo. I got myself a black belt when I was like 12, 13, you know, and then I started teaching that, teaching kids and discipline was sort of drummed into me for an early age, you know, being respectful with my elders and um, yes or no, sir, with the, with the Taekwondo stuff and always taught discipline and respect. So I, was all, I always had good discipline as a kid as well through the Taekwondo and also my parents, you know, so I was quite scared of my dad when I was younger. So um, I, I had a good upbringing and good, uh, taught a lot of uh, discipline. So that, that was good. That stood in good stead for my boxing, I would say, you know. Did you, because you were, would you know, junior world champion or something or European champion? Yeah, 15, I, got, 14, I got a 15. bronze medal at the European Championships um, and I was British champion as well, you know, so... It, it's a different, uh, it's not the, the Olympic taekwondo with the point scoring stuff. It was mm-hmm. a full contact one. So it was good. So that definitely 
put me instead and gave me a little bit of a head start for when I when I started boxing. You know, do you think that gave you an advantage getting into boxing? Because I know it was at Lomachenko. You know, used to be do dancing or something. Or one of the boxers used to be like ballet dancing or something like that, and then you see them in the ring. That uh, there's a massive difference. Yeah, I think it um, it gave me it gave me like the coordination. You know, I, I knew how to sort of the stance. You know, um, and that's probably where I get my my good feet work from. Was from taekwondo switch and switching stances. I was constantly switching stances mm-hmm. and stuff. So I kind of had the basics, say how to throw punches and the sort of feet work. You know, so that sort of gave me a head start. Um, but I remember the first time I went into a gym and then the first time they asked me to spar, I was still kicking people in the head for about yeah. three weeks. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it took me a wee while to get out mm-hmm. of that, yeah. How, what made you want to do the transition? I don't really know. And I don't really know what, how I really got into boxing for a start. Um, none of my family, like, boxed. And as I say, in Preston Pans, there was nothing, like, there was no sports clubs, no, like, sort of youth clubs or, you know, anything to do, really. You know, it was just, there was a couple of football pitches, um, five sides that the lights were on every night. And that was always heaving every night, you know, we young kids, you know, the pitches were full, the be running track was full, outside the grass was all full and fights going on everywhere, you know, because everybody's wanting a shot on the pitch and stuff. It was brilliant. So, yeah, there was, there was nothing really to do. I mean, the nearest boxing club for me was up in Meadowbank Sports Centre where my mum worked. And... Uh, that used to take me about an hour after school to get up on the bus. So I used to come straight home from uh, high school and go straight on the bus up to Meadowbank. And it used to take me about an hour. So dedication um, was there. So I, but what happened was, um, oh, aye, there we go, that's it. So I, my mum works at Meadowbank Sports Centre. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> at the time, Alec Arthur was sort of the main boxer in, in Edinburgh at the time. You know, he was doing well training for European fights and things like that. And he trained at Meadowbank under the stair where the boxing gym is. And uh, during holidays, you know, like Meadowbank would do like sort of sports school things like Easter holidays and that, you know, like, you know, he would play football and this and that. So I used to go up there with my mum and stuff when I had, used to go on holiday. And um, I went to the school and I, was, I didn't really want to do it, the the sports thing. And I saw Alex Arthur was down. I used to watch him on the tail of the boxing. And my mum says, oh, he's doing the training. So I says, can I go down and she asked Alec to go down I went down and I watched them and then I started sort of punching the bags and Alec come up to me and was like watch me hit the bags he was like you boxed before we man I was like nah nah and I was just sitting there like that the whole the whole session just never said a word the first day just watching him and he was like he stopped and he went eh you're doing my head in me, man. You're sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> you're doing my head in me, man. You're just sitting there doing nothing. Get up and hit the bag or something. Like, so I said, I got up and uh, I was sort of like, oh, I was just sitting watching him. And oh, you know, and, uh, I got up and started hitting the bags. And he come over after he was finished and he was like, you've been boxing before, we man. I says, nah. I says, I'm black belt taekwondo. He says, oh, you look like you've definitely boxed before. Just come back tomorrow and we'll do a bit of training and that. And uh, start, that's how it basically started. I started, I'd done the whole two weeks. Uh, Easter holidays training with Alex Arthur sort of just going down hitting the bags and once he was finished I would get a wee bit of pads with his coach and yeah that was sort of how it, how it started mm-hmm. Is that how it went? Eh? That's how it started aye mm-hmm. and then uh, then my mum figured out uh, well not figured out but sort of found out that um, there was actually Middlebank Boxing Club um, on a Monday and Wednesday it used to go on a Monday and Wednesday night it used to go down to that gym you know so I started doing that at about, about I was about 14 or 15 
think so quite a late start as aye, well for, 15 for I think people. I started mm-hmm. 15 I think I started aye um, I started going down Monday and Wednesday nights with about three of my mates for school straight after school and I think they lasted like three weeks and then this one by one dwindled away and I just kept going I just fell in love with it aye. did you have a passion for it did you see yourself being... aye, I think what it was was it was just never had any intention of becoming a boxer um, or anything like that I just loved the training because it was something uh, different do you know what I mean it was like I was just doing taekwondo and the other patterns and sparring it was just something different something fresh and I started it and um, I was hitting the pads and bags and I'd only been there about three weeks and um, the coach asked me if I wanted to spar and I was like oh no you know, and I, I used to get really nervous walking at the gym because like the speed bags was going and the bags were going, and they were all looking at you. There was a couple of Scottish champions in the gym, and I was like, "Do you want to spar?" And I was like shitting myself. I was like, oh, "I'm gonna get my head punched in here. I've never boxed before in my life." Like, I'll jump in. I've done it, and uh, I done my first uh, sparring session, and uh, the boy went to come throw a jab at me, and I kicked him in the head. Turned to get both in and he fell and uh, he's oh the coach big uh, Alex Kelly his name is he jumped in and picked the ball you can't do that what are you doing what are you doing you can all let me kick here's boxing I'm sorry I'm sorry it's, it's a habit I did take one mm-hmm. for uh, 15 minutes he went oh that's where you've got the, the movement and that and I says I says you, you can't do that pal you just can't do that so for about three weeks uh, I was, when folk were coming and attacked me I was sort of half lifting my feet so it tain a wee while to mm-hmm. uh, to adjust to adjust for kicking aye and uh, that was it but he says aye you're, you're, you're doing really well and I was holding my, my own and sparring with Scottish champions and stuff and um, I, was, I think it was about six months later he was like we've got the, East, the Eastern District Championships coming up we're going to enter you do you want to do you want to uh, do you want to fight and I says aye I'll, I'll do that aye I'll, I'll do it and uh, we turned up there and the coach has turned up and he's forgot all the kit bag. All I had was a, I bought a pair of boxing boots and a wee cup. And uh, we got there and it's like 10 minutes before my, I've got to start getting warmed up before it started. And he's like turned up and he's not got any kit and he's late and he's like, where's all your stuff? And I'm like, Alec, you've got, oh, I've not got any equipment. So he had to go away, come back. I had to borrow someone's shorts. He managed to get a vest, got warmed up. And um I didn't even, I'd done my own kind of wee warm up because he was away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I jumped in and uh, I drew against a boy called Callum Susans, who's actually a good pal of mine's now. Was, uh, I had three, I ended up having three fights with him, but he was Scottish champion. He'd had like 30 odd fights and he'd only been beaten twice or something. And I was like, oh no, first fight and I've I'm, I'm got to get beat here. I was really nervous. But the kind of mentality I've got, with my temper and my determination like when I was younger my dad I think my, that's when my dad got me into Taekwondo as well because like I was a bit mad with my temper like a bad temper and if I got beat at anything I used to go crazy at getting bad beat loser. bad loser like if I would played snakes and ladders when I, at mm-hmm. stuff when I was a kid and I got beat the whole thing would go up there and I'm not fucking playing mm-hmm. and you know I was a real bad loser so I was really determined you know and uh, I think that's why my dad put me into Taekwondo for a bit of discipline mm-hmm. Channel your energy. I had to channel it, way. yeah. And uh, so we went in there, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous and that, and uh, I've actually shitting myself going in because he's Scottish champion. You know, I'm just I've never boxed before, but as soon as I got into the corner, I'm, I'm staring at him. I'm like, I'm going to kill you. Like, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh, I could feel myself getting off, like tense. 
and we go out and we had the fight and uh, come back and the decision was a count by a draw but what used to happen is you used to get a count back and it was point scoring system like sort of 1-0, 2-0 sort of the guy hit you as 1-0 it wasn't like the 10-9 scoring system and then it was always like can I make a game of points and uh, it was a draw and then it got put back to a count back so it was like oh it scored the draw again so then it was like double count back so it's basically who scored the first point won so he won it and uh, I, I remember I took off my, I took off my vest and my gum shield and chucked it away I'm not playing and, anymore uh, I took my high guard off and chucked mm-hmm. it away like crying with like anger like like mm-hmm. couldn't believe it and uh, I went away and got uh, changed and um, his dad Calm Susan's his dad his coach come up to my dad and he was like how many fights has your laddie had and he's, my dad's gone that's his first fight mate it's, God, right, that's not his first fight. He's boxed before. He's 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 really good. He's, he's, that's what I'm telling you. That's his first fight. He's only been boxing about six months, and um, I come away with that. And, I, and that sort of that's that was my first fight. That's where mm-hmm. it kickstarted. I and even then it was it wasn't even it wasn't. A, I never took it sort of serious either. I just mm-hmm. done it for to keep fit, and I loved the training, and I loved the sparring. And I'd, since since then, I stopped Taekwondo. So I started just doing boxing, going on a Monday and Wednesday night, um, just doing it as a hobby, really. And did I think, that push you or anything towards it, or did you just do I, it well, because but, but Once I started going, and once my once my mates sort of stopped going as well, I went a couple of times on my own, but then after that, my dad started taking me. Um, he took me to my first session, and then my mates wanted to come, and then we used to get the bus up and stuff, so... Um, then once they stopped going, my dad used to take me, used to come for his work and used to, and then my dad took me around all the gyms, sparring and sparring with professionals and this and that, further down the line. But even then it was just, it was just Monday, Wednesday, go and do a bit of training and sparring. So how, how hard was it to be for the streets of Edinburgh to then day training? Did you manage to keep the heat or was boxing just your getaway, your escape to? No, it was just, I, I was always, I was never a, a bad lad, but, I just always found myself in fights wherever, <laughs> wherever I went. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I just, uh, I just always found myself in a fight um, wherever I went. If I, if at the weekends we went up in Edinburgh or whatever, I found myself in a fight with another bunch of lads or something, you know. And um, there's a wee place called Trinent as well. Where it was pressing pans in Trinent used to fight. Pressing pans Musselburgh used to fight. So me and my mates used to go down and fight with the lads for other towns and stuff like that. So I just found myself always always fighting um, and I used to stick up for myself but I was never a, a lad for a uh, confrontation I, I used to avoid confrontation and like I used to hate arguing or like sort of confrontation with someone but mm-hmm. as soon as it, someone put it on me my temper would go and I used to just attack them because I was small mm-hmm. I used to be great at headbutting people when I was because I was the perfect height as well who are you looking at, wee man? I was about that height and perfect height right on the nose and yeah. stuff. So that was my best weapon in school. Um, actually, a couple of times I used to jump up and header people and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, so it was, uh, I just used to always find myself in fights, you know, mm. just... Did you love fighting though? You must have loved it if you were just willing to do it in a ring, out a ring. No, no, no the fact that I loved fighting, I just, just my my temper. And then once I started fighting, I was determined to win. To, to win and, you know, and I, I used to get quite... Uh, I'm quite spiteful with my temper. When I lose my temper, I get really spiteful, like turn quite nasty. And then, then about an hour later, I'm going, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. That, was, that was really quite bad, what I said or did. So 
Um, it's just quite hot-headedness. Um, How was your amateur career? My amateur career was was brilliant. Um, was brilliant. Aye, uh, like I said, back to the thing, I never really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. I had after that first fight, I had another fight, which uh, I then won my next. I think I won the Scottish Scottish title in my seventh fight, and then I got selected to go for for Scotland into the GB Championships. Um, on my ninth fight, I lost my lap against a guy called uh, James Dickens, Jazza Dickens. How was that for you? And, uh, Jazza for Jazza Liverpool. Liverpool yeah, I, I, know I boxed him twice. Good guy. And uh, he beat me twice to pass the pastor. <laughs> 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 you know um, you live that I, down. So uh, the first time he, he beat me, like, he outpointed me and had too much experience for me. The next again year, I had a bit more uh, experience then because then I went from there and I went to my first international course to Finland, I came back with a gold medal, won three fights, I went to another couple of uh, internationals, multi-nations, and come back with medals. I think I, I racked up about 40 fights in the year, but they were all international fights away abroad when I was 15, 16. So the next year at the GB tournament, I got the final again, and it was Jazza again. And uh, I thought I won that fight. That was in Portobello Town Hall in Edinburgh. Uh, I thought I won that fight. The coach at the time, the national coach, Kevin Smith, he was for Liverpool as well. And he was a really good, really good coach. But he used to go mad at me because I, I never used to box the way. He was very good technical, like step back and hook. And I used to just get and have a tear up. And he used to go mad at me, but he was a great guy. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, I went to go down to see him, and I've opened the door, and who's sitting in the room watching a video of my, a couple of my last fights was Jazza Dickens sitting in the room watching my fights mm. like like what the fuck are you doing here you're, you're Franklin who's my coach where's Kevin and he was in the toilet and I went I went fucking crazy mm-hmm. she says what the fuck are you doing <laughs> you keep watching him letting him watch mm. my fights on your laptop and I'm away doing whatever so anyway as a, that caused a big uh, hoo-ha we, I went, we went to the, the main Scottish uh, uh, the secretary, I went, he's, he's, in the, he's in the room there with fucking England lad watching my fight. Why is he not doing that with me, watching his fight? Sort of stuff. But anyway, we watched the fight and uh, we had the fight and I thought I won it. I thought I won it on points, but he got it again. And uh, that was that. That was the start of my, like, my sort of international career. I then, I then started going to internationals all the time, away five, six times a year with Scotland. You know, I think I had to end up having about 150 amateur fights and I think only... 36 of them were on my domestic card the rest were all internationals mm-hmm. so this is not bad so a lot of good experience I then. had a great experience mm-hmm. I think after only two years of boxing um, 
I got selected to go to the Commonwealth Youth Games in 2008 in India. Did you get a bronze? And that's where I come back with a bronze. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, you know, I was, I'll, I'll do all right, you know. But every time I got in the corner, there was no beating me, like, in the ring. But I had that wee bit of lack of self-belief, you know, like, before, like, oh, I don't know if I'll do very well here, you know, I'm no, all these be- the best guys from India and the best guys from all these, they're bound to be brilliant, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I come back with a bronze medal and I was like, fucking hell, done all right there. But I wasn't happy at the time. I was mm-hmm. getting took the head guard off and because <laughs> <laughs> I was ahead, I was I was yeah. I was ahead on the fight. I was like eight two up in points, mm-hmm. but I had a bleeding nose and the referee just went stop and stopped the fight. And I was like, what? Took my head guard off and I chucked it at the judges mm-hmm. and like chucked at the referee and I was ah, took the gloves off and chucked it. Took a big tantrum mm-hmm. and uh, I come back and my dad's like, fucking hell, son, you've you've only been boxing two years. And you've came back for the Commonwealth Youth Games with a bronze medal against the best that people can give. Coming, you know why? And they done brilliant. So I kind of from then I was like, right, let's let's see how far we can go with it. I started taking it a wee bit more serious. I started going to the gym every night. I started going. Uh, I then left Meadow Bank and I went to a, a club called uh, Gilmerton, and uh, I went for there and. There was it was fully Scottish champions and great gym, you know, and then we went they took us to Canada for a fight there and stuff like that. So I had a great great amateur, extensive amateur. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that makes a big difference going to a gym with winners there, already mm, there? Aye, hundred percent. Because every weekend week out you're getting good sparring, you've got guys coming from other clubs to come down to spar with you and stuff like that as well. So yeah, it was really good. And then I went to the, the Commonwealth Games and uh 2000? Delhi 2010 mm-hmm. and come back with a silver then and I was like fucking I'm doing well and then then they then progressed for there qualified for the Olympics the first guy to do it and I don't know it was about 30 years I can't remember the last guy had done it and uh, so then done that and then come back for the Olympics and then won the, the Commonwealth gold, Games gold Glasgow. in Glasgow how was that feeling then that's when you were just kind of that's when you were starting to make a name then aye it was brilliant did you have a lot of pressure because you were favourite were you know aye well I was favourite aye it was um I was selected to win the gold, well, touted to win the gold before I was even selected to go. You know, I was a poster boy, um, mm-hmm. Scottish boxing, and I had to win the Scottish Championships. I won the Scottish Championships, but I was on all these posters for the Commonwealth Games on top of the castle, Edinburgh Castle, with my mm-hmm. fighting gear on, and the poster boy of Scottish boxing. And I was expected to get the gold then because I'd got the silver four years ago and I'd been to the Olympics and sort of team captain as a, in 2014. And a, I, I did I felt an, an immense amount of pressure on that but I used the experience from the Commonwealth Games and the Youth Games with the, the all the media and stuff and then the, the Commonwealth Games in 2010 and then the Olympics you know so I used all that experience mm-hmm. of being on the big stage and I, I never let it bother me and uh, come back with the gold it was brilliant it's, I honestly think that's the best achievement in my career even including the world titles at the minute why do you think that is? Because your first big one, I think because it's it's your uh, your pride of your nation. You know mm-hmm. you've done it for the full nation and standing on top of the podium singing "Flower of Scotland" in the hydro um, was just brilliant. You know it was just that's what you do it for. You go and you represent your country, uh-huh. and I just felt I just felt immensely proud because I had the the hopes of our nation to to win the gold and I've then done it and delivered for it and got to sing. Flower of Scotland, Scotland on the podium and it was just it's brilliant, mm-hmm. aye. Brilliant. How was your dad in that? It must have been buzzing for you. Aye, brilliant. My dad's but my dad's always been one of these ones. 
you're going to be world champion. He's, he sort of believed me from day one. He says, the only person that will beat you, Josh, is you. Is you because because of your temper and maybe like if you're going outside with your mates and stuff like that, that's the only person that's going to stop you for doing what you want to do is is you. As a, he says, you're going to be world champion. You're brilliant. So when I come back with the gold medal, I was like, told you. I told you you're going to win it. Mm-hmm. My dad's always had every confidence in me with every tournament. He says, you're going to win it. You're going to have no, no, no nerves at all. But that's a good thing because if you're having your down days, it's easy to just throw in the tools and just quit. Yeah. But if you've got somebody back in your corner and you're feeling like shit just to give you that extra wee nudge and just remind yourself that you have got greatness aye. that you can achieve what you want it's yeah, all down yeah, to you yeah definitely aye and my dad my dad's always had that he's always you're going to be world champion it's like every, everybody that when we went to uh, all the other gyms and that there was people saying he can be world champion but I never thought that you know I never mm. I was like ah, well me Preston Pan's like we shitty town Preston pans, you know nothing in it. Like just be Josh for the, just be Josh for the pans. Uh, who throws his gum shoes? It's gonna be gonna beat. be world champion. I I okay, sort of like maybe, but don't know. You know, I never really had that self belief. You know, I just I was just very determined and very driven in what I wanted to do. You know, I was everything I'd done. I just heard about this thing. Could you know the law of attraction? Yeah, the secret. I I just heard about that like a year two years ago. And I was like, I've been doing that for years. Like, because everywhere I went, like, to go to tournaments, I'd be writing down bits of paper, just say that the Tamar tournament or whatever, or it'd be Josh Taylor, Tamar tournament gold, best boxer of the tournament, and all that. I'd be writing it down on bits of paper for mm-hmm. ages and ages and until I got that tournament come, and I'd come back with a gold medal, and I'd get, I'd get the, the mm-hmm. best boxer of the tournament, and... Things like that. And so I was like, I've been doing that stuff yeah. for, for so years. So you're already putting out the universe. See if you write it down, it becomes 60% clear yeah. in your mind I, and more likely to happen. It's crazy because I'd, I'd never really thought about it like that. I just mm-hmm. always thought about like, drum it into yourself. Like, you keep writing it down, keep make yourself believe it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I've, I've been doing that for years. I've been doing that since I was about 16. Yeah. Doing that. And look what it's got you. Look what it's got me. Mm-hmm. Aye, it's mad. Crazy. Well, people might not understand it, but I always say if you're unsure, the universe becomes unsure that everything that comes into your life, you've visualised. You were, you were, your name was down my piece of paper for guests for 2021, and we're in the first month of 2021. Aye, here we I had are. that list last year of 90 people, and 100 people, sorry, and they, all the guests that I got, I had 32 of them on my show. Aye, it's, it's, it definitely works. It's, you know what I mean? It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know too much about it, but I'm like, I've been doing that for years, things that I want to do, get a house, get, get mm-hmm. a car, get this, and I've been writing it all down, and mm-hmm. it's, I've been doing yeah. it for years. Whatever you visualise, you attract. Attract it, the positive and the gold. Yeah, frequencies and energies, and if you want to attract misery, whatever you've got in your life right now, you are attracting. Mm. So you've obviously attracted winner mentality, your dad, world champion, he's drugged that into your mind mm. constantly. I had big Dan Tullon, and his, his trainer used to say to him, you're going to be world champion if you're fighting the guy in the gym. Keep repeating yourself. Get the best guy in the guy in the gym. Fight him. But then after it, keep repeating yourself. You're going to be champion. You're going to be mm. champion. I'm the best in the gym. He became the best in the gym, and then his UFC career booms. Uh, it def- it definitely works. It definitely works. It definitely works. But I never knew about the law of attraction mm-hmm. until someone told me about it a couple of years back. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I've, I've been doing I've been that. Already f- doing I've that. been doing yeah. that for years. Mm-hmm. Aye. The Josh Taylor attraction. Aye, just aye, put your own spin. It's been mad. Aye, it's been crazy. Did you ever think about going to the Olympics again after 2014 Commonwealth Games or did you just decide to go pro? Well, what happened was uh, after about the 2010 Commonwealth Games, um, I then went in trials 
Oh, but when they then went two weeks later to the British uh, Championships, uh, got robbed in the final, and uh, I says, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And um, I was raging. The by the boy that got the decision pulled out the final. Um, so then I had to fight Tom Stalker again after he had just beat me two weeks ago in the Commonwealth Games final. But I, when I, I just lost my nana that week as well. Like I was really close with my nana, so um, I never managed to go to the funeral and stuff like that. So I'd lost my nana. So when I got beat, I went out and I got pissed. Um, went out all night with my because my mates come down to Liverpool. So I went out all night till like four in the morning. Uh, got pissed and I uh, went to my bed and the doors went at like. 10 o'clock it's the it's the uh, Scotland coach Mike Keane do you want to box a night I said what do you mean box a night I've got beat yesterday I've been out all night on the piss Mike like, I'm no uh, I'm no boxing the night says, do you want to box uh, Tom I said I'm no boxing the night I'm no boxing Tom Stalker again the night in Liverpool where he's from to then on the BBC to then get robbed again I'm not I'm not doing it like unless I get unless there's something in it for me I'm not doing it so he went away and he went away and spoke to Rob McCracken and he says, if you put in a good performance, you'll get a trial on the GB squad. So I went out there and uh, I was I was three points up with 30 seconds to go. We had a wee exchange and then the bell went. All of a sudden, he's won 11-10 um, in Liverpool. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I just laughed. I, I, just, I just laughed and I thought, mm. right, okay. And, and uh, if you speak to Tom Stocker, he actually he actually agrees with me. He thought I won that fight as well. Mm. Um so for that that went on for there, I went on to GB, so then I signed the contract and I was a, a then a four year cycle. So I'd done the Olympics, but I was in till I'd signed the contract to sign up to twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. But I knew after I won the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow that it was the time for me to strike a pro deal. Do you know what I mean? While my name was hot and Aye. so I left and uh, <clears throat> I left GB and I had to pay some back money with the funding and stuff like that. So, um, but it was the best decision I made. Best decision yeah, I made. Because I. it was still young. You've only been pro about six, seven years. I so I was twenty five when I turned pro. Mm-hmm. So it was quite late to turn pro. Yeah. You know. Um, aye. So I said I turned pro after the Commonwealth Games because my name was hot property. You know, in the home games, won the gold medal. And I put on really good performances mm-hmm. in that tournament as well. So, so you were contracted to go to the 2016 Olympics. Yeah, yeah. But the way it was in the GB, it was, there was a lot of sort of clickiness, you know, with, with, with coaches and certain boxers and stuff. And the way the way I qualified for uh, 2012 was I done it through Scotland, where they changed it now, where you could only go as one boxer yeah. as GB to the mm-hmm. qualifiers. So I was like, I'm not going to get selected over there. The favourites that are in the were the they squad. fine when you left GB or were they brand new or was there no, a lot they of hesitation they, they made me pay back money <sighs> they made me pay back money so um, I got uh, for winning the Commonwealth Games I got I got £10,000 for Sports Scotland but I also had £5,000 for winning the silver in, uh, in 2010 so I had to use I had that but then they made me pay back that £15,000 actually they wanted £30,000 in totals so I had to pay £15,000 back um, to GB and then they wrote down a clause that if I ever won a British title, pay them five grand. And if I ever won a world title, to pay them 10 grand. So really they wanted 30 grand of me. Um, obviously I've no, I've no fought for the British title, but I've won the world title. So I've paid them, I've paid them 25 grand. Fuck's sake. Back. Even though you had won in 2004, they still wanted that money back? Mm, even though you fought? Because what they said was I was part of the, the world class programme 
And if you ever, like, there wasn't there a time limit on it. So that I've won the world title last year, which is what, five oh, years? years later, five yeah. years, six years later. And still wanted the money, so Fucking I've, I've paid the bastards back mm-hmm. 30, 25 grand. That's bad that they can do that, though, that, that they still wanted money back, mm-hmm. even though you'd fought those. But again, you live and learn. You see all these big organisations like are crooked as fuck. With, with the cliquetness, there, there was other boxers that left before the Olympics and never had to pay back a penny, um, which, which was frustrating, which just proved me right. for It was the right decision that I made. You know, I would have never got selected to go to the qualifiers and I would have passed... I would have missed the boat. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I definitely turned pro at the right time. Yeah, good on you, man. So when did you turn pro? Who did you? What camp did you go to? Who was your trainers? Well, uh, I signed by Barry McGuigan. So um, we we after uh, me and my dad knew that we're turning pro after the Commonwealth Games. We we're like we're turning pro, but we never really had any sort of trainer in mind. I wanted my my amateur coach Terry McCormack. Um, he's like a second father to me. You know, he's uh, he's he's been there since. Sorry, since I was about 18, 17, 18. Um, he used to come into the Commonwealth... He used to sneak, I used to sneak out the Commonwealth Games Village in 2014 and go train with him every, every day and stuff like that. And he's just been there every day. He's, he's been to all my fights as a professional as well. But I wanted him to, I wanted him to train me. But fair play to Terry, he, was, he said, I'm really busy in the gym. The gym's taken off now as well. Um, I've got a lot of lads, amateur and stuff. He says, if you want to progress to the next level, we need to find you a... A full time better coach because I just can't do it. So um, I still take Terry with me to all my fights and make sure he's mm. there. And I go and train him every day. So I've got a lot of love for him. So he's still there yeah. with you. Uncle Terry, I call him. Uh-huh. So your first seven fights, you won by knockout, turning pro. So I, what happened was, I, me and my dad were like, oh, who are we going to go with? We, we don't know. And um, it was actually my dad that suggested Barry McGuigan and to go with Carl because what they were doing at the time with Carl. And there was only a, a small sort of stable. Do you know what I mean? I would get the time that I needed with me one one on one time. That I need to concentrate with me rather than going with the sort of Eddie Hearns, who's got fifty two hundred yeah, fighters. You know, you're not going to get mm-hmm. if you get beat, or you're not going to get you're going to get flung in at the deep end and stuff like that. So we thought, oh yeah, that that would be a good idea. But how we're going to get in touch with them? And um, it sort of went quiet for about a month, and then I was going down to the. I think it's the, the boxer, boxing writers uh, dinner that happens every year. And uh, I was up for the best amateur of the year award and stuff. So on the way down, me and my dad were going down and my phone goes and it was for a, num- a withheld number. I, I don't usually phone it because it's usually my mates winding me yeah, up and yeah, stuff, right? So I, I don't answer it. My, dad, my dad's went, answer it. You don't know who it is. You could be anybody. So I went, all right, okay. So I got up and went through their carriage and answered it. And uh Hello, Josh. It's Barry McGuigan here. And I was like, "Fucking what?" My jaw just dropped. It's Barry McGuigan here. So yeah, uh, that's my attempt to Irish accent. <laughs> so, uh, he's like, "Are you going down to the uh, the the boxing dinner tonight?" I hear you're going down. I says, "Yeah, yeah." He says, um, "Well, would you like to get a wee chat about you? We'd like to have a chat with you about about turning professional, and we'll get a chat to you and get your number off you. See you down there." He says, "Oh yeah, I played it cool. Like yeah, no problem, Barry. I'll see you." See you soon. Put the phone down. My 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 big grin and my smile for ear to ear. I went through like that to the carriage. My dad's like, "What? What?" I was like, "You never guess who that was on the phone." He's like, "Who?" I says, "Take a guess." And he went, "Barry McGuigan." And I went, "Aye." He went, "Was it?" Ah, oh, so weird. Says so that. So then that was the 
that was my mind made up, you know, sort of straight away. A um, lot of attraction again. Aye, sort of mind made up. and uh, But obviously I had to committed to anything. I, I says, well, I'd go speak to, I went to, over to Marbella to speak to MGM at the time. They offered me a great deal and stuff as well. But there was only one thing missing was, was the full-time coach. And uh, everything, at the, at, the, at the time, that was the best best move for me. And, you know, they, they took me, they took my career and they'd done it well. And they took everything that I said and what they said, their plan was brilliant. You know, it was uh, it was great. So my career just rocketed. Yeah. How hard is it to be a professional boxer the first 10 fights when there's no much income? Is Do you need to tap money? Or is, how does it how does it work? So a lot of boxers I've had on who are world-class fighters now, they've got belts, mm. have had like two jobs to still go to gyms and pay for nutrition and all that shit. Yeah, how, I've how, been quite lucky that way. Um, um, you know, I, I did have like on the... Like on the for the way up, you know, I've been quite lucky, but there's at times when I was going to the gym, I never had even had a, a tenner in my pocket to get to the gym, and I had to tap Terry for money to put petrol or bus fares and stuff like that to get up and doing for the gym, you know. And I had jobs; I was getting paid off. I got paid off for about four different jobs one year because I was going away to multi multi tournaments, you know, multi nations tournaments, and I was getting paid off because I was taking time off work, and so there was a lot of times where I was like skint and no money and wondering what am I doing this for I'm, I'm not getting any money I'm skint I'm, I'm living off my mum and dad I'm eight. I'm now 18, 19 years old and like I've, I've, I'm asking my mum and dad for a line of 20 quid to get to the gym and back and borrowing their car and I'm like what am I doing this for there's no there's no reward but I just kept going and going mm -hmm. I loved boxing as well so once I got into GB I was quite fortunate I ended up getting lottery funding so that kind of took the, the burden away and then obviously won the, the Commonwealth Games. So I got a good deal with Barry and stuff where they paid for, for the first two years, they paid for my travel up and down, um, my nutrition and, and they paid me well for my fights as well. I got a sign-on fee, a sign-on bonus and I got a, I got paid all right for my first mm -hmm. six fights as well. So that was, that was quite fortunate that way, you know, so, um, Boxing can be hard that way. So if, that's why I think amateur, when you're doing amateur, you've got to try and achieve as much as you can because it gives you the better a better deal and better starting blocks for turning mm -hmm. pro because you've got to fund everything for you for yourself as a professional. Yeah. It must help though taking a bit of pressure off you when you start moving through ranks, getting a bit of income because it must. I'd imagine it'd be stressful trying mm -hmm. to support a family, travelling up and down away from your family. Yeah, it was stressful. I mean, I was getting paid alright, but. I had to really, really budget what I was doing from fight to fight. Do you know what I mean? I had to, I had to make sure I had enough money there to to last me for the rest till my next fight. You know, because for some reason I just wasn't. They never, they never let me get sponsorships. There was a couple of guys there that wanted to sponsor me, sponsor me as a as an early pro. No big money, but money to help make my life easier. You know, like help pay for my petrol and my bills and what I had going out and and stuff like help pay for the training camps and like you no know, physios and, and stuff like that my nutrition and things like that but for some reason I wasn't allowed to get sponsorship or every time someone approached me that kind of fell away by the wayside and it was it was very frustrating yeah with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So when you won your first seven fights, knockout, and then your eighth fight was down to points. I think I won, I won, I won my first title, my seventh fight. Was I was a Commonwealth game, the Commonwealth title mm-hmm. against uh, Dave Ryan, fifth round knockout, yeah. And he was he undefeated. He wasn't undefeated, but he was a good solid. Um, mm-hmm. He was a good solid domestic level fighter, and always gave everybody a hard night. Do you feel as if you've been fast tracked as well? Because it feels as if you've had a lot more fights than seventeen. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and you've got you've got to take the hats off to to Barry and he's, to to the job that he done. You know, because I was twenty five when I turned pro. Which isn't really a, it's quite a late to turn professional, you know. And uh, I said, you know, I didn't want to be going back and fighting journeyman, but also his plan was to move to you push fast. me, move mm-hmm. me fast, move me aggressively. But I think the reason I done that was because I saw the talent that I had and how hard I worked in the yeah. gym and stuff, you know. So um, I was definitely was fast tracked a little bit, but it's what I wanted yeah. because I didn't want to be going in having 10, 15 fights, going back a level with fighting uh, journeyman uh-huh. and stuff, you know. Because you won the, like you say there, you, you never fought for the British or anything, you just went straight to Commonwealth. Why I was that? The, I won for the, I thought that, I think the, the British was tied up um, at the time. I think it was, uh, I think it was maybe Tyrone Nurse that had it. Uh, but he had his mandatory against someone else and stuff, but the, the, the Commonwealth was vacant. So me and Dave Ryan fought for the vacant Commonwealth belt and I won that. And uh, then went for there, went for strength to strength, then fought, I, I defended it. Had another knockout. Then I fought um, a former world champion. I think it was my ninth fight. My ninth for my tenth fight. Miguel Vasquez, former world champion. And I stopped him in the ninth round, the first person to do it. Uh, Canelo boxed him twice in his early career. Here couldn't he do it. Mm-hmm. So that's another wee achievement well, for myself yeah. as well. So I stopped him. <laughs> so I made a big statement, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, and, then, and then after that, I boxed... Um, I boxed Winston Campos um, and I blew him away in two rounds. Um, but then I got the shout to fight Victor Postel for the world, world title, title eliminator. Aye. Um, and that was that was the only time I've ever been like, ooh, oh, that's a big step up. You know, like this mm-hmm. is, he had just beat uh, Lucas Matisse and I think he stopped him actually, who was a monster at the weight. And I was like, fucking hell, I'm up against it here. Like, I've only had, what, Eight, ten fights or something and uh, I'm up against this former world champion I thought, oh. and uh, it was like if you win this you either get a shot at Ramirez for the WBC or you go into the, the WBSS tournament so I was like oh I, I put myself I, so, I put I, I had so nervous I put so much pressure on myself like I need to win every round in sparring I need to sprint fast I need to do this I need to do that if I don't get this punch off I was getting angry with myself and you know, and I said, I need to win this fight, I need to win this fight. Writing down Josh Taylor, like, mm-hmm. uh, world champion and going to beat Victor Postle on this notepad and stuff. And uh, But it's the only fight where I kind of sort of was half like, you've got that, that monkey negative nunky, you can't yeah. do it. You can't do it, you know, sort of thing. Like, the negative thoughts, oh, what if you go and do this? What if you get beat? And uh, you're, you're away from home all the time and you're getting stuck in shitty hotels, minging places, you're missing you're missing appointments for your for your physios because Shane's all late and an hour late for the gym every day. Mm. You're getting stuck in these crappy fucking shit places. So I was I was really frustrated as well was at that the time. When your relationship with the McGuigans broke down. Aye, it started 
Kenny, what what happened was that, oh, it was Kenny happened with what happened with Carl at the time, and uh, Carl was obviously told me everything, and I was thinking, like, if they can do that to somebody, they consider like family one of their own. What they're going to do to me, you know? And I was very green at the time. I put every faith and really trusted them, and they they make it the persona that they're they're they're, they're your pal. They're this, they're way, they're this way, they're that way, but they couldn't give a shit. They really couldn't give a shit. Um, they just, and that's when I started getting my own lawyers and stuff, and I started seeing stuff and contracts, and you know, folk were uh, approaching me for to get sponsorships, and it was fading away. And I got a, an opportunity to do a, a documentary on me on BBC Scotland, and they turned it back because they weren't getting money for it, or they weren't calling it McGuigans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it that's when I started getting pissed off with them and really downhearted. You know, I was away from home all the time. You know, I'm spending 90% of my time on my own, you know, like, and then they're all going out at night and getting, like, going out in the cars. There was going out in the cars with each other and going getting something to eat, going doing this, going do that, and there's me sitting myself in a shitty hotel an hour away in the train near enough by myself and going... I'm like by myself here I'm, I've shown you that I'm committed by moving away and just, anyway I was I got fucking frustrated and stuff like that but but this yeah. was before a world title fight this was before the, and the postal fight and you're rooms and fucking this is before the postal fight why do you fight. think that was though do you think it was just I don't know that's trying to save money or uh, maybe aye maybe it's trying to save money I don't know but it was just it's no way like after you've just lost your best fighter it's no way you want to treat someone that you're who's now your number one fighter, it's no way you want to treat someone if you want to keep them, do you know what I mean? By mm-hmm. pissing them off all the time and making them feel unwelcome and and on your own all the time, you know? So mm-hmm. I started getting pissed off with them with, with loads, of th- loads of things. But having said that, in boxing, I can't fault for what they did, the, term, the fights that they got me, the opponents that they got me. Do you know what I mean? They, they've, done a, they've done a great job, which uh, I'll take my hats off and give them due for, you know? Um, and it's just a real shame that the relationships fell away you know yeah. because I, I have got a lot of um, appreciation for them you know and, and, and thankful for what they did but it's, it's just it is what it is yeah it's just the business side of yeah. things but the training you can't fault them for yeah. because it's helped your career as well oh yeah definitely I mean the matchmaking that Barry did for me and the times that he got it was 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 brilliant but it was just everything else around it that was the one massive positive you know Shane was a good coach and Barry was a very passionate manager and, and done a good job but everything else it went with it. it was just yeah, a, a, a car crash. Aye. Mm-hmm. Aye. So how did that affect you then, going for a world title and the eliminator? Did you change teams before that? Well, I think it, I think I actually that actually showed my performance. You know, because I was, Angry. I was pissed off for the first six rounds. I was mm-hmm. doom, doom, and I was just constantly pissed off all the time. And I think it showed in my my boxing style, just very aggressive. Boom, 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 go and. I then sometimes for, forget my defence and forget my feet work because I just wanted to go in and <laughs> smash the body bits, you know what I mean? Take my, all my pent-up anger and yeah, smash his face in. Aye, uh-huh. aye. So, um, aye, it was, uh, it was uh, frustrating. So that was, I then after that fight, I then decided to say, oh, fuck this. I'm going to invest in myself. I then rented a flat in London, moved down full-time by myself. And then by that time, I was paying for everything by myself, my nutrition, my sparring, physios, my travel up and down when I had to go back and visit my family or my girlfriend and you know I was I was wasn't any further forward for when I first started so I was yeah. kind of like fucking hell so 
it was lucky I got into that uh, WBSS and I did some great performances yeah. in there as well. Oh, you were phenomenal on that. And that goes to show for anybody watching how hard it is to be successful. Like people see you on the telly lifting belts, mm. lifting trophies, don't see, staying in the shite yeah. apartments, hardly any money, travelling constantly away from the family. But that will show you your yeah, character. It's, it's, it is. It's definitely it's tough, you know, but I, I was so determined that I was, I was putting up with all the shit because... I wanted to get somewhere where I wanted to go, you know, and it's the same in everywhere in life when you start an apprenticeship, you put up with all the shit and you move up the ladder and you put up with less shit, do you know what I mean, until you're the boss, yeah. you know, or got your own company or something, you know, and I put up with the shit because I had a goal of where I wanted to go, but it is hard, you know, you're, you're spending, you're spending 90% of your life away from home and on your own, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean, it's, it is a lot of sacrifice, it is, it does get shit at times and you're like, what am I doing this for, I feel yeah. shit, I'm lonely, I'm a bit, a wee bit down, a bit depressed because I'm not seeing anybody, I'm not talking to anybody, I'm not going out with my, my mate. So, you know, you're missing you're missing weddings, funerals, you know, all sorts, stag do's, everything. You're just yeah. doing it all for the boxing. So it is it is a big, big sacrifice, but it's been worth it for me. Yeah. And I wouldn't have done it if I didn't enjoy it. How do you feel after your first world title? How were you feeling then? Oh, it was brilliant. Was you know, that? For me, for me, it was more like a... <sighs> Relief? Uh, I've done it. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank God, I've done it. It's been worth it. You know, it's uh, all that sacrifice and everything. It's been, it's been worth it. I've done it. I wasn't surprised. Like, I, I don't want to sound big-headed, but I was. I wasn't surprised that I won a world title. I was like, that was my fifteenth fight. Fifteenth fight. Aye, my fifteenth fight, and I won the world title. And I was like, job done. Tick it off now. That was one of my. I was like, oh, that's been relaxed. I could. Mm -hmm. rel I was just like so. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't relaxed. I wasn't like, mm -hmm. oh, I've won the world title. I was like. That's it, I've done it now. Done it now. And then I think that I think now that's where now I'm, my confidence is 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 grew sky high. The the self beliefs there now a hundred percent. You know, it's a uh, I really feel at this moment in time that I'm kinda unbeatable at the minute, but the the way I'm feeling with my confidence and my, my ability, I'm I'm much more relaxed, I'm happy, I'm 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 just all I'm different. My the my whole my whole team, my management, my my team around me, my coaching, I'm just so much more happy, relaxed, and the self-belief there, I, re I really feel at this moment in time that it's going to take a really special fighter to beat me, or unless I just have a really bad night, but yeah. I'd, I'd, if I'm performing on the way I can perform, I, at the minute I kind of feel almost unbeatable. That's the best way to feel. Feel unstoppable, feel unbeatable, and it's, your confidence <laughs> is through the roof, and, and rightly so, because... When you won the world title, but then with the Super Series, that was a phenomenal series, man. Yeah. Some great fighters in that as yeah. well. How yeah. was that getting into that as well? Just after the Eliminator. Well, after the Eliminator, I took I took a lot, a lot from that Postal fight, um, because I was so tight and tense and putting pressure on myself to say you need to win this, you got to win this fight. Sort of like do or die kind of thing mentality that I had, but that's me just putting pressure on myself, and it and it showed in my performance for the first six rounds. And uh, it, it taught me a lot because it then went to 12 rounds and I thought, oh, what if it goes to 12 rounds and I might not be fit enough? So that's why I was always like, train hard, train this, train that and smash it. And I went to 12 rounds with, with a breeze and I won the fight after like, I'll give a, I will admit the postal buzzed is there in the seventh round. They, it wasn't a big shot, it just hit me right on the chin. It hit me like an uppercut left hook. 
Then hit me another right hand, left hook again, four shots in the bounce. I was like, hell. My leg, and it's the first time I felt that with my legs, like, whoa, like Bambi. So, like, whoa, where there was my legs, it was like I was, it was, like I was pissed. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa. And it, fuck. And like, but I was very calm. I was very calm, as I say. Very, very calm about it, which, is, which has taught me a lot mm-hmm. as well. I, I can be calm under fire. And, yeah. and I just, for that fight, I took, I answered questions about myself, the self doubt that I had. Answered them, passed the tests, all with flying colours. So for that fight, the confidence come, the real confidence come, and uh, the self belief and the drive. Like, the, put the pressure off myself now. I now mm-hmm. know I can do it. I now know I'm world class for sure. Everybody else knows it now as well. Now it's time to just relax yeah. and enjoy. That gives you a different energy, yeah. a different presence. Different that, presence, yeah. aye, and a different different mm-hmm. mindset yeah. now as well. Now I'm just relaxing it, enjoying mm-hmm. it, and working on it, and uh, I feel like I'm flying. How was it uh, fighting at the Hydro? Brilliant. My second home, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's my second home. I, I won the Commonwealth Games there. I won I won on my big my world title there as well. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's been brilliant. It's been brilliant. It's it is a wee bit of shame though, because obviously I, I'm an Edinburgh boy, Chukta. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not an Edinburgh boy actually, I'm uh-huh. East Coast. But uh, uh it is a wee bit of shame that Edinburgh's not got any uh, uh, venues, do you know what I mean? So I would love to have a big fight at Edinburgh Castle. Mm-hmm. Um or Easter Road, but I'd like to try and keep the football side of things yeah. out of it. I'd love to fight Easter Road. I'd love it, but... I think people would support you no matter what. Aye, I just want to keep that football side of things out of it because you'll get people saying, oh, I'm not going there or yeah. whatever. But Easter Road, I've actually... Hibs of Contact me said they'd be more than welcome to, to do it. They'd love to do it. So if the Castle one doesn't pull off, I'd love to do Easter Road as well. Mm-hmm. But I just think after I beat Ramirez, after I whip him up, I'll do my do my defence against Catterall at Edinburgh Castle mm-hmm. on the Esplanade on a summer's night you know Castle lighting up in the background yeah. at night you know oh, what's going to happen because you've already visualised that that's I've a lot of attraction it. I've again I've visualised it mm-hmm. a thousand times a million times over in me coming mm-hmm. out with the bagpipes and all that you know it'd, be, it'd just be amazing like I reckon you fit about 15,000 up there mm-hmm. as well with all the that'd be class the man that'd be class it'd be one off it'd be a one off mm-hmm. event as well yeah. so I would just, uh, I would love to do that. Love yeah. to do that, and I, I could happily retire after. That. <laughs> many years, like, yeah, many years to go. I will then move yeah. up to hopefully one four seven, mm-hmm. and you know, there's whatever happens for me now is a bonus. I've I've ticked off for what I wanted to achieve in my dream of becoming a world champion. So yeah. anything that happens for now on is a is a bonus. For yeah. I could actually happily retire today and say, "Ask me, had enough." I've done well but, but that's not my mentality nah, it's, I'm, I'm, that, I'm going to do yeah, more I want to achieve that. more you've got to keep raising the bar yeah. how was it how was the Super Series for you? brilliant yeah um, did yeah, you get uh, that amazing. mindset that you were going uh, to win it? because uh, uh, the, cause the postal fight because I answered all the, all the doubts and all mm-hmm. the <clears throat> all the questions I had about myself I answered them with, and passed the tests with flying colours so I've now my mindset's like I'm, I can do this no problem mm-hmm. there's nobody stopping me now so there wasn't more pressure because you were grinning as a world no there was uh, no there was I actually champion. wasn't the favourite I was the second favourite to win it Progress was the favourite great fighter as well great undefeated at the time aye yeah. aye so um, Ramirez actually had the, the chance to go in for that tournament as well but he knocked it back why because you were I, there I don't really, I, <laughs> no because well, I didn't really think he really believed it maybe not so much him but uh, mm-hmm. He had the chance to go in there and prove it, and all the three belts would have been there on the line, you know. So, and he knocked it back. So, so somebody could have been undisputed straight away. It's either him or his management that, that doubt him, mm-hmm. that didn't really believe in him. So somebody could have been undisputed aye, champion aye, after that tournament. Aye, 
but, but he, he decided to knock it back. That fight with Progre was um, was unbelievable. It was non-stop, mm. start to finish. I, I did genuinely think you'd win it anyway. Were you nervous going into that fight? No, I was super... Just complete confidence. Complete and utter confidence. 100% confident going into that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had absolutely zero doubts. that Usually when you get up to fights or big fights, you... Uh, you get the wee negative monkey, a wee, but for that fight, I was just 100%. Just I'm winning this, there's absolutely no way. Can is that fight me? of the year, or did it get voted? I think it got voted, voted. fight of the year as well. It was some fight, aye. it was toe to toe, non stop. A great fight. How it was did, a brown fight. did your head not get sore after a fight? All those fucking punches as well. Because that, that was non stop. For that fight, I was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my eye wasn't even sore, my body was fine, my head wasn't sore, nothing but the Baranchek fight, I was sore. I was sore for five, six days, pissing blood for five days as well. But um, that was quite funny because I won that fight. I won that fight and I went straight to Ibiza with my with my girlfriend, my mate and his girlfriend. And I'm walking to the gate and I'm like limping. And I'm like, oh, my, my missus is a, is, is a, oh, excited to go. You know, she's walking away. Lefties, I'm like, oh, I'm walking, fucking hell, Daniel, wait. God, I'll fucking walk here. It was the pissing blood mm. for about four days, and my kidneys were sore. My head was like a melon. My, my jaw was away out there. And it was just like I've got some photos of us uh, on the first night. Obviously, I hadn't had a drink, um, so I got I had a drink, and it went straight to my head. I'm put to my bed the first night, mm. but I've got a picture of me. I'm like looking drunk, and my head's all swollen. I'm like the elephant man. I'm like uh, <laughs> what's his name at the Goonies? Oh, Sloth. Aye, it's like my jaw here, mm-hmm. big lumps there, there like that. I'm like. What does your missy say when she sees that? She's just like, oh, it was brilliant. But that was a great holiday. It was mm-hmm. actually, it was just four days. We actually hadn't planned it. Like my mate and his uh, missus had it planned. And uh, we're like, ah, we'll just jump in. Come on, we'll go mm-hmm. away. So it was four days and it was actually really, really good mm-hmm. just to get away. And we actually just chilled out for four days. Got pissed for four days. like, But we just chilled out at the pool and chilled out and went for really nice meals. There's and people looking at you? I looking at me like uh, the first... I was there for half an hour and someone recognised me and I still talk to them mm-hmm. today. Aye, so aye, it was really, it was really Seeing good. Seeing that uh, Super Series final, did you think your eye was going to shut over? Was there a doubt that the fight could have got stopped? I don't know, because it didn't shut till maybe, I think it was maybe the eighth or ninth round. So it was already um, passed anyway. Aye, um, I mean, and that's when I was coming on strong as well. You know, I, I really feel I was taking over that fight. Um, it's like round six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I was dominant in that fight, but for round nine, I couldn't see. I couldn't see a thing with that eye for round nine. How does that affect you then, boxing with one eye? Well, it started then hitting me with things that I couldn't see, so I had to then move the angle at southpaw and southpaw, so his left hand, which was his, his best shot, was the one that was catching me because I couldn't see it coming. You know, I thought, oh, no. So I then had to move. My tactics then went out the window because I couldn't really... I was thinking, fuck, if I get hit here and I don't see it coming, I'm going to get knocked out. So... um the tactics went out the window the last two rounds because I couldn't see it was just pure uh, determination and grit to just fight I couldn't mm. see what was coming I was just fuck you I'm fighting I'm how was it up. after the fight because when he got beat he seemed quite decent about it he seemed quite humble Aye. he gave you a shout out said you fought, yeah. you fought great and shit did that Aye. change as time Aye, went he, on he was he was he was very respectful with the, after the street after the fight and saw oh, the better man won in the night and then about two or three weeks later, the excuses started coming out. <laughs> oh, it's because I was away in London, you know, I was away for three weeks, I'd changed camps and this and that, and if I'd been in America, I'd have won the fight and all that carry mm-hmm. on. So I kind of, 
like I still respect him. I still think he thinks he's a real cool guy, actually. But I was like, fucking hell, man. You've not done, you've not done yourself any favours there coming away with these uh, excuses. But um, aye, that fight was tough because the last two rounds, I couldn't see. So, and I was getting hit with the left hand. I couldn't see coming. And I thought, That's just, oh, fuck, I, I need to get through. I'm just going to fight him. I'm just going to fucking fight him. There's no way you're beating me. And um, there was a wee thing, my, 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 my father-in-law passed away on the, on the, I think it was a September, but no, wait, no, what was it? I can't remember now. I can't remember the date. 15th, it was like two months. No, even that, it was a month before the, the fight. And uh, he passed away quite suddenly. And I, I, I never really believed in like the spirit stuff and all that. But like on that last fight, that last round, it was like I heard someone going, he used to say, he used to call me Tinchy and he used to call me Muhammad, but he used to call me Tinchy because he used to wear snapbacks mm-hmm. and uh, straight. And I used to, I used to listen to rap music and I used to call me Tinchy, Tinchy Strider. And, uh, and I just heard like something in my voice, come on, you wee cunt, fucking dig in. And he used to call his wee cunt all the time, like, you wee cunt, and that. And he says, come on, fucking dig in, you wee cunt. And it just drove me to just dig in and, and, and fucking fight. So it's like, it's like he pulled me through the fight, really. And, uh, then my missus went and got a, a, a psychic reading done about uh, about about a month after the fight, and he was telling us like about the house, about this, about that, and telling us things that only me and her would know. And I was like, "Fucking hell!" Spooky. So like, there's going to be on. There's only going to be any, some furniture, other trophies, and that. It's going to be the the centerpiece of the house, and I've just got that wall Seen done the fireplace, in the house, the big and, telly and, and it's like fucking hell, it's scary. Uh, but uh, aye, that that he pulled me through that definitely, hundred percent. Does that? How did your life change after that massive win for that Super Series? How did it? How does that change your life? How did you be shot right into the superstardom then? Aye, well, it's kind of weird. Kind of never really changed that much, you know. My popularity is shot up through the roof. If I go into Edinburgh and things like that, I get. I don't get a minute's peace, you know, if I'm going to the shops or going out or whatever, I don't get a minute's peace. Um, but I'm not really that way inclined, you know, like I don't really go off and show off about and I, I don't really go out that much, so it's not really changed that much for me. Um, I'm not a show off and people, and you know, we're like, people didn't like show offs and big heads mm-hmm. and that were in Scotland, so we're no, I never really show off and yeah. I'm not like that, I'm kind of just down to earth and it's not really changed that, it has changed, but for the good things of getting invited to places and meeting new people mm. and famous people and things like that and but it's not really changed that much yeah. you know but when I go back home everyone still, still just treat me as do you know how Josh. well you're doing or is it just because you're living it it's not really feel as reality as much I, I think it's maybe I think it's maybe a part of it because I'm still mm. zoned in and tuned in but when you do sit back and you like you, you get messages for people or you, or you maybe reply back to some people and and you'll hear it doing the line. Oh, yeah! You reply back to my wee cousin, and this—it's made mm-hmm. his day, and he's got into—he's got into boxing, and this and that. He, he loves you, and you're like, wow! You didn't realize you have that effect. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, you, you, didn't realize, you don't realize that you're a, yeah. a role model. Yeah, you're an yeah. inspiration that people from the streets of Edinburgh, or Glasgow, whatever it is, that you can make it by hard work and dedication, and mm. and just fucking pure belief. Well, that's it. It's like I'm living proof of it. Like, I, you don't have to be for like. And football, I used to have this thing. I was quite good at football. Like I, I played for, I got up to trial with Hearts and stuff and that. And I was I was too wee. I was tiny, but I was a great wee football player. But um, it's just I always had this. Oh, you need to maybe be for Glasgow to get picked up for Celtic or Rangers, or you need to be for maybe America to make it to be a superstar or this or that. I'm living proof that you can be for anywhere. You just need the 
you just need the the belief, the determination, and the sacrifice. You know what I mean? You've got to be willing to sacrifice for and do things that you don't want to do to 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 willing to put up with stuff that you don't want to do and do it. I'm living proof that you don't have to be anybody special to achieve your anything, your dreams. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just, but for what you're doing, it is unbelievable, mate. It is. It's it's brilliant to see that somebody from Scotland that is making new heights and making waves and and is up there with one of the best fighters on the on the planet. It's phenomenal. No, it's, it's phenomenal. It's crazy to hear yeah. it. Like, and that's another one when you say it's like, do you sit back and it wasn't until the first lockdown in March last year where I sort of sat. That's the first time I've had a break for boxing, the longest break I've ever had. And I was like sitting there, and you've got the you've got the well, I would have had the ring, uh, the WBC diamond belt, but I've got the WBC diamond belt. I've got the 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 ring magazine sitting there, the WBA, the IBF, the Commonwealth belt, the Ali trophy, my WBC silver belt. I'm sitting there and then there's my Commonwealth Games gold medal sat there as well, my silver medal. I'm going, fucking hell, you've done all right, wee man. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? You've, you've done all right for where you started off uh, just going sparring and kicking people in the head and, mm-hmm. and all that. <laughs> do you ever remember that? Going to be kicked in the head. I can't remember who it was, not but man, <laughs> that'll be his kicking claim people to fame. in the head. Ah, he's, he's, yeah. you've gone a lot. You've gone. You've gone. Mm-hmm. A, came a long way for jumping up and header and fucking kicking yeah. folk in the head and all that. So, mm-hmm. ah, you've done all right. So that was the first time I've actually sat back and kind of acknowledged, acknowledged my yeah. achievements. Mm-hmm. Aye. You were supposed to, was it defend your titles at the Hydro again? Is it Kong Song? Aye, aye, I was meant to do it, at the, at the, I was meant to do that in March. How uh, was that? Last when it, year. April? Was it, was it? March or April aye, last yeah, year, was aye. It, um, how was that when that got cancelled? Aye, it was crap. It was, uh, because I should I should be sitting here talking to you now as Undisputed Champion. Yeah, you know, um, Ramirez. I was supposed to box Ramirez probably the later end of last year when I had the fight, with, when I actually had the fight with Kong Song. Mm-hmm. So, I should be sitting here talking to you if I, hey, well, Undisputed champion. Mm-hmm. Is that the know? first in Scottish history? It, well, for, for for all the four belts, aye. aye, it'll be the first. But it'll be the first since Ken Buchanan. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, that's mental, man. The first since Ken Buchanan. It's you know, crazy. Away. That, that's a story, and that's yeah. a story as well. It's mm-hmm. a great story. I have, the first coach I had um, in boxing was actually one of Ken Buchanan's sons, Raymond Fraser Buchanan, and. Um, his mum was from Preston Pans, who obviously Ken was married to, and you know it's that connection there. You know, is the, be the first person that's done it in Britain since Ken Buchanan. He's also from Preston Pans, the same town. It's a uh, it's a bit of a story there. It's mad. Mm. It's almost like uh, destiny. You know, don't get cheesy now. It's yeah. almost like destiny, in the stars kind of thing. Aye, it's uh, it's mad and uh, aye, it's great. I just uh, that's that's one that I really want to I really want to win that fight and. Uh, take the belts back and show Kenny because you know, yeah. he's obviously sold all his belts he ran into financial difficulty oh, and that's stuff a shame and, man you know he's, he's not keeping too well now either so it'd be good mm-hmm. to get back and see him and say I told you because he used to come into lock end and, and train and stuff and he used to watch me hitting the bags and he used to say you're going to be world champion one day and uh, he come after uh, he come down to the house after a beat progress he says I told you you proved me right well done son well done son this is the next time I just I said, I've got one more to go and I can bring all the bills back to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd be good phenomenal. to do that. When you done Kong Song, you you done him in the first round. Mm-hmm. He's a, he was he undefeated he was an undefeated fighter? Undefeated, I had the same record as myself, mm-hmm. I was sixteen and oh. And yeah. your body shot put him on the floor. Yeah, body shot put him on the floor. Were you surprised? Um, no, I wasn't surprised because I felt it sinking in. Um and I actually about 
two weeks later we found out that he had three cracked ribs and a, a laceration on his uh, spleen. So it's, it's a quite a horrific injury. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like much of a punch, but I felt it sinking right in. And uh, you had a lot of people sort of... I had a lot of people just, oh, he took the money, he dived on Twitter, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, he took the money, he dived, uh, this and that. And, but he, he came out there and he flew, he threw the punches at me straight away, trying to take my head off. And uh, me and Ben done a lot of good preparation of what he was going to be like. And we knew that when, he, when we were in the clinch, when you go to break, he, he threw the punch. So he, he threw the hook and I ducked under it, put him against the ropes and I was working on putting my head off the line and sinking the body shot in. And I sunk it in. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't feel like a. It wasn't a particularly powerful punch. I just placed it beautifully, mm-hmm. and I placed it with speed. So, and it, and it scrambled, and uh, so I was a good shot. But I, I was due an easy fight. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> my last four fights have been yeah, wars, you know what right. mean? And, and world class talent yeah. and that. So I was due a wee bit of a mm-hmm. touch. So I mm-hmm. had a wee bit of touch there and. Uh, an easy fight but yeah aye good you seem to want to fight the best the elite straight away I know a lot of fighters go for the easy money and go for top 10 fighters you're going for number one straight away you want to be undisputed how does that feel to just want to go cream of the crop and try and get the easy fights that's, that's what I'm in the that's what I'm in the the game for I want to be the best I can be you know what I mean I'm no I'm, I really am the interested see when you say like we were talking there off camera mm-hmm. about being the best fighter that's ever done it about Scotland I, I'm no interested in doing that like I'm no interested in being tagged as Scotland's best ever I'm just in it to be the best I can be do you know what I mean I didn't want to be compared uh, like compared or competing with anybody else that's done it do you know what I mean I'm proud of everybody that's that's done it in Scotland and, and kept Scotland on the map. Ricky Burns, freeweight world champion. Yeah, phenomenal. You know, Scott Harrison, uh, Alec Arthur is, is world champion. You've got uh, Paul Weir. You've got, obviously, uh, uh, Jim Watt and all that as well. Do you know what I mean? Ken Buchanan, Benny Lynch, they've all been great mm-hmm. fighters. So I'm just I'm just in it to be the best that I can be and I really do feel that I've not reached my full potential yet. Yeah. So when you is the Ramirez fight has that been done yet? Is it May we're talking? Is it's it, basically is a it done happening? deal. Why we're just we're just waiting to find out when it can happen. Um, we think it's might it might be in May. Um, think it's maybe going to be in May some point. We've not heard anything yet. So, um, and it's either either got to be in Vegas or over here. If it can mm-hmm. be over here, brilliant. Yeah. But I, I think I would prefer it to be in Vegas. Aye, aye. This is you, undisputed then. And then after Ramirez, do you go up weight or down weight? Because below you, you've got Lomachenko, Garcia, Lopez, and above you've got Crawford, Pacquiao. I think, I don't know if Pacquiao would be even a good match, but it's a money fight with Pacquiao, isn't it? Yeah, well, he's my hero, do you know what I mean? Is he? Uh, he's my hero, I, I named my dog after him. I named, Did my, you? I named my dog Manny. Um, <sighs> and I used to idolise him and try and copy his style and this and that, and went over to the wild card to watch him training and things like that years ago so to share a room uh, a ring uh, with your with your hero your idol that would that would be brilliant mm-hmm. that would be that would be amazing so you would take a fight with Pacquiao of course I mm-hmm. imagine sharing a ring and you can imagine being able to say that you you share the ring with your idol it's, not many people can do that and mm-hmm. and then to beat him would be would be even better do you know what I mean that would be just put sides on so, the cake as well aye, the plan is the, the natural plan is you know win this fight then do my mandatory and then um, natural plan would be to move up to 147 I call it the sexy division um, because there's so there's a pool of talent in that weight class 
and that's where all the life and I mean big life changing money fights is in that division you know you've got your Sean Porters your Errol Spences your Terence Crawfords um, uh, Keith Thurman Jermani Pacquiao's you know they're all like big big money fights mm -hmm. so that's what obviously I would want to do but we'll see we'll see how it comes there's also massive fights at 140 there's a, a fight there with who's the English boy the Battle of Britain the, uh, Jack Catterall aye, aye. Bash him up at Edinburgh Castle after the beat Ramirez. <laughs> Why so, not? So that that mm. would be that would be brilliant. Mm. So uh, aye, we've got we've also got fights with a rematch with uh, progress. We've got Lopez maybe wants to come up for lightweight. So I'm in a real happy position now. I'm in I don't feel any pressure. I've I've went and achieved my lifetime goal of becoming world champion. As I say now, Everything that happens for now on for me is a bonus, and I know I'm going to be in big fights regardless if it's for titles or not now. Mm -hmm. um, but I've got a burning desire that I'm going to achieve more and I want to do more. Yeah. Who's uh, your ideal fight? Who's the one if you were to pick any fighter? Who would you love to fight at Edinburgh Castle? I think I think that now it would be Terence Crawford cause, yeah. because he's tipped as there's Canelo number one pound for pound, then there's him, you know, in a... He was what he was undisputed champion at one forty as well. So to beat him would be would be the best achievement, the biggest mm. fight out there. I think aye. to see who the best pound for pound does. Aye, that would be that would be brilliant. Win mm. that fight. Say thanks, boxing. See you later. <laughs> I'm out of here. Aye, Shove I'm, it up I'm your ass it. now. Aye, see you later. I'm not, I'm not pounding uh -huh. Mars, yeah. making weight, and being on my own. And what's a camp like for you? For fucking years. Uh, what's that? A, what's that? Like a camp for you? What's a training camp for you? What's it like? It's changed now. The last, the last camp, um, you know, we're we're training more smartly now. We've got we're bringing a bit of technology in now as well. We're, we're data, we're using data stuff, and you know, we've got all these machines here as well, oxygen machines, and doing the test, my my maximum uh, CO two level and things like that. You know, so it's getting a wee bit more technical and more smarter than that now. Still killing myself every day. Um, or killing myself but I reckon I was in better shape there for that last fight than I've ever been mm -hmm. but it didn't feel it didn't feel like I had panned my fucking ass off as much do you know what I mean like every session with and McGuigan's I'm sure Carl said this in your podcast as well every session with them was was fucking solid Intense. it felt like you were going to die do you know what I mean mm -hmm. by the time the Wednesday come your body's in bits like Every ounce of you was knackered. Your arms were sore. Your legs, everything was, and then you've got to spar, and you're you're sparring over a couple of hundred rounds before a fight, and you're almost half burnt out by the mm -hmm. time you get there. Carlos a great guy, man. The four, the four, like the four, they four camps that I had: the the Postal, the the Martin fight, the Baranchek, and, and then Progress. Four hard camps straight off back to back. By the end of the Progress fight. My body was knackered. Do you know, mm. I need I needed a rest for boxing completely because I was yeah, fucked. Just recharge. Aye, yeah, aye. I know you're in the gaff now with Lee McGregor and stuff. You got a few boys in here, aye. so shout out to them. We'll give Andy McCarter a shout out. Aye, How aye, do you know Andy? Aye, aye, he's a good lad. No Andy since I was about eighteen in Lock End. You know, he's yeah, a, I fucking the, love Andy. Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. I seen him in a video in Vegas. Mate. I think it was Ray Crawler who's another diamond. I, 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 call, I call him the dancing about. I call him the boxing who the boxing <laughs> slag. <laughs> The boxing slag, he's he, he loves it. Yeah. He loves it, but he's a great guy. Well, he's he's him, a great mate. guy, guy yeah. and he and he's getting to do what he loves. He's always, always loved mm -hmm. boxing, so he's getting to do what he loves, going around all these places yeah. and, and interviewing fighters. <laughs> and he's a good laugh. Yeah, he's, he's a a good I've, known guy, him for, I've known him for years. Uh -huh. 
Lee and McGregor he's, he's as well. He's one as well. He's actually one as well mm-hmm. that used to say to me, you're going to be world champion. Like, your talent you've got, you're going to be world champion. When I was 18, 19, mm-hmm. and I was going, aye, Andy. Yeah. Aye, aye, okay. Like, mm-hmm. we never really believed him. It's mad how everybody believed in you at that time while you were still, not doubting it, but you were always hesitant. I was always like... Mm. Yeah. How is it been with Lee as well? Is he going for the Commonwealth? Is he going for the European Probably, champion? He's fighting in uh, two weeks uh, over in Dubai. Mm-hmm. So we're off to Dubai again uh, next week. Good. Um, for that fight, he's fighting for his Commonwealth and his, uh, his Commonwealth on, on the line and he's mm-hmm. fighting for the European title as well. Class, man. So he's flying now as well and it's good to have him a wee pal back because yeah. he, was, he was with me before uh, when we were with me the... Uh, Stuttering, can't uh-huh. uh, <laughs> with the McGuigans. Uh, so he left obviously before me but he's back now and so it's good to have him a... Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, we pal with me yeah, again, class. Aye. Listen, brother, for coming on today and telling your story, the career is just blossoming. It's just, you're going into superstardom. Super you've got a whole of Scotland behind you. You've got everybody talking about you. But plans for the future going forward through everything? What's, what's your end product and all? Uh, to be honest, I've never really thought about it. Uh, I've never thought about what I've, what to do uh, after boxing. Um, obviously, I've invested a bit of money in properties and, and things like that, but... Um, I've never really thought about it. M- mm. Maybe open up my own gym and maybe train. I don't think I would get into managing and, and uh, promoting or anything like that. Poisonous, that. Um, aye, there's too much hassle that goes with it. Um, I think I would maybe like to op- open up my wee gym, you know, and maybe train some lads coming through, maybe. I don't know. Um, get back into my motorbikes, you know, if uh, motorbikes was my first love. I never for one minute. Thought I would be world champion at boxing. That mm-hmm. was that. That couldn't have been any. F- I couldn't have been any further away from whatever I wanted to be mm-hmm. or wanted to be when growing up. Never once did I think about boxing. You know, it's just uh, I maybe always thought I maybe be a, a world champion at motocross or uh, racing motorbikes or something. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've been on motorbikes since I was about five years old. That's my first memories was being on motorbikes. Are you told to stay off them now because obviously I they're high profile. It's just sort of, it's just sort of common sense now. Right? Like, <laughs> uh, Aye, although I've not, got, I've not got much of that either. Uh-huh. I'm always, I'm still flip, flying about my bikes, uh-huh. but uh, I, I kind of put them away for the time mm-hmm. being. But uh, after, after I finished, after I finished boxing, I'll get maybe get back into my bikes and keep myself busy because I think it'll be, I think it'll be tough for me when I retire because. Uh, I just like fighting. You know? just, <laughs> I need someone to take my aggression uh-huh. out, and I need someone to take. Focus my my aggression and my sort of my my, my energy in there. I need something to yeah. channel it, you know. So I think bike racing would be good because that's quite aggressive as well. Adrenaline junkie. Aye, aye. I'm a bit mm-hmm. of an adrenaline junkie. Aye. Mm-hmm. How does it? Is that why you think a lot of boxers struggle at the end of their career because they just no got fuck I all else so, to aye, do? Because you've got you you've got that. There's honestly, if you could bottle up that feeling. He, he winning the fights see like winning your world title fights and the big fights see if you could bottle that up and sell it you'd be you'd be a millionaire how long does that multi, feeling last for though a couple of days few uh, hours uh, it's a couple of days and then and then you hit a massive downer because you've got all that time building up building up building up to the fight you win it you have your celebration and then on the Tuesday or Wednesday you're back to normal life mm-hmm. and it's, poof, quiet again obviously doing all your interviews and this and that and then fades away and you're back to normal life just back and you're like you had a downer for a couple of days yeah. and you're like fuck what am I going to do you know, and then you, all your mates are back to work and you're all working you're, fuck, you're a bit fucking bored mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so you can see why a lot of people 
struggle with it. Turn because drink it, cause, shit cause as well. it's a fucking buzz. It's, mm-hmm. it's the buzz of winning and the adrenaline buzz. It's, it's amazing. Like so, you can see why a lot of people and a lot of fighters struggle with it. Aye. Aye. Um, but I think I'll be all right. I'll be. You'll I'll, be fine. I'll get mate. Back get present jobs, mate. Get a joke. Get, get back on yeah, my bikes, and I'll maybe yeah. get back in the. I'll maybe do a wee bit of bare knuckle yeah. boxing or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before we finish up with your mom, Dan, that must be fucking proud of you. Just that it stuck by you and believed that now you're lifting trophies and Aye. belts and they must be buzzing, man. It's good to see that somebody can make it and do well for themselves, man. I'm proud of you. Aye, it's thanks good very to much. see you. No, looking forward to seeing your journey against Marira. Uh, how do you say his name? Ramirez. Ramirez. And um, undisputed champion and then whatever else, whatever Aye. you want to go up or down, it's going to be phenomenal. Tell you what, I think the lads have turned the heating up in here. I'm sweating <laughs> like a fucking estate of that. <laughs> Under pressure. But any kids for any kids just before we finish up for any kids that are watching um, who's maybe want to turn to boxing and, and give it a go what advice would you give for them? Enjoy it you know it's like it's too hard to get me to enjoy it so you've got to enjoy it for 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 one you've got to enjoy it enjoy the training uh, if you're thinking about doing it seriously and professionally you've got to you've got to really really be prepared for um, making a lot of sacrifices in your life you know doing things you don't want to do Um Maybe even being a bit lonely at times, you know, being lonely. But you've got you've got to be prepared to work hard, work, work your arse off, have that self belief in yourself. If things aren't going for you, because I've had ups and downs in my career all the time, down lows when I'm like, why am I doing this to myself and what for? I've not got any money and blah blah blah. Um, you've got to have that self belief and you just got to work hard and dedicate yourself to the sport because if you don't dedicate yourself. It's too hard a game to um, yeah. to be getting in and, and doing it half hearted. You mm-hmm. can get seriously hurt. Yeah. Josh, listen, nice brother, for coming on today, man. I'm going to get a fucking show <laughs> on my table. For coming on and telling your story, it's unbelievable, mate. And you've got the, the whole nation behind you, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of your journey. Brother. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you. for having me on. Cheers, mate. You can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe. You can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is. Follow me on Facebook at James English 11 Twitter James English 0 Instagram James English 2 you can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.